Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. First few years of my life were spent at my birthplace in Safford, Arizona, which is in eastern Arizona. And my dad would take my brother and I to a special place to fish in Alpine, Arizona. We would fish at Big Lake and Crescent Lake. In order to get there, I would go sometimes with my brother and dad, and maybe cousins would come along. You had to go through Morency and Clifton and take a highway known as the Devil's Highway. It was Highway 666. Now it's called 191. I guess uh, that's too bad. That was, I thought that was a cool highway name. huh? And to get from Morency to Alpine, there are 400 curves. And I'm proud to tell you I threw up every time on those trips. And once we'd get to Alpine there, we would always rent a cabin. That was a big thing for us. And then my favorite spot was at Big Lake near the dam. We never went on a boat. And my dad wouldn't trust us on a boat, so we'd always have to fish on, on shore. And so you take these boys out here, you're teaching them how to fish. So we had to use bobbers. That way we'd have some attention. And dad would say, keep an eye on the bobber. That's all you're supposed to do. Right, dad. Right, dad. We got it. After a while, my brother and I would look one another and go, this is boring, isn't it, huh? And we, we'd kind of watch, and then I'd, I'd pick a fight with him. And, you know, just to, just to have something going on. Hey, hey, you have to be quiet. The fish aren't going to get caught unless you're making noise. Then we'd wait a while, and then I'd throw a rock in the, in the water to see the ripples. And then my brother, and we'd scare the fish away. Stop doing that. You're not going to get any fish there. And then we'd complain, it's too hot, it's too cold, when are we going to eat, when are we going to leave? So, you know, it was one thing after another in watching the bobber. Sometimes we wouldn't catch anything, but people around us would catch a lot. And we'd have to yell out, what are you using? Velveeta cheese, corn, worms, gummy bears, I don't know, you know, whatever they're using. And so we kind of had to learn how to, how to get along with that. And some days we wouldn't catch anything, but I got to know my dad better. I got to know my brother. You know, he acted a lot different without mom and the girls around, you know? And uh, I got to know him in a special way, and along with my brother. It was a good experience. And there were times when the bomber went down. We caught fish. My brother caught a four-pound trout out of Big Lake. Huh? I thought that was the biggest fish in the world. And we went to the Texaco station, took a picture, and it was placed there for years there in Alpine. When I went to school in Oregon, I found out four pounds was not that big for a fish. Huh? <laughs> but we were very proud. And, you know, it was nothing like catching fish and then going to the cabin, and we would cook and share a meal. That's a memory that's really important to me. And I'm so glad I did it, even though I didn't always want to go. I'm glad I shared with that. And the reason I'm telling you that is because I think fishing is a lot like prayer. It is a lot like prayer. So the question I ask you, where is your Alpine, Arizona? Where do you go to pray? Where do you go to have that special connection with God for yourself, to create memories or to deepen a relationship? Some of you are so busy as parents and raising children and all, probably your Alpine, Arizona place to pray is the bathroom. That's the only piece you got. Other people, it might be the living room. It might be your car. 
It might be the Blessed Sacrament Chapel because you make a place to go or a church that's open, but no one's in it for during the week, but you'd like to go in there and just pray alone. For others, it might be a special sunset. Where is your alpine place? And you know, if we're going to be serious about being Christian disciples in mission, prayer is essential. And it's about making that trip to alpine, making that constant trip. God is asking you to keep an eye on the bobber. But sometimes you're like me and my brother, that we get a little bored. The most passive thing we do is pray. That's so passive. You just sit there and you watch and wait and nothing happens. And that's what happens in fishing sometimes. You just sit there. And then you start throwing rocks in the water. You make so much noise. Then you fight with each other. Then you complain. What's there to eat? What's there to do? This is boring. And you know, if you're not still and quiet, the fish will never bite. And the same thing happens with God. He's always talking, but if you're not listening and watching the bobber, how are you ever going to experience God? How are you ever going to get that bite that simply says, I have a connection with God? A lot of times when we pray, we use other people to pray for us. What are you using to pray? Well, I'll tell you, Grandma, she prays for anything. It seems like God answers her prayers, huh? Or I'm not living a holy life I should, but so-and-so next door is, and I just go to them for all my praying. I don't pray personally because God never answers my prayer. He must not like me, or I don't do it right, or I live a sinful life. But, boy, I go to grandma or my next-door neighbor or my cousin or whatever. They pray, and I say, just pray for me. Pray that I get a job. Pray that we have financial situation. Pray for my marriage. Pray for my kids. Pray for my parents. And we make other people do that. And we never enter the prayer because we don't want to look at the bobber. It's too boring. It's too much time. We don't get anything out of it. And we expect other people to do the praying for us. That's not prayer. How do you ever know who God is? The problem with prayer is we treat it as a way to control God. I tried to pray one time, but God never answered. I always love when people say, don't send me your thoughts and prayers. Do something. You know, they're half right that prayer does lead us to action. But prayer is important. Because again, they think that prayer is saying the magic formula, magic words, and then God will give you exactly what you need. And you will be disappointed because it's not what exactly you were asking. And that is not prayer. If you seek to control God, where's the humility? Where's letting go of ego in the sense of control? You don't need prayer if it's all about you. Can't tell you how many times people pray, they get what they want, and then they don't even thank God. I did it all alone. I'm the one that worked hard. I'm the one that made it happen. I'm the, or thank God, and then they move on with life. And I'll go to God next time I see him because all God does is just give me what I want. I just have to ask the right way and do the right things and attend 10 masses in a row, then God answers. That's superstition. You'll never be able to develop a strong prayer life and a good relationship with God if you keep using prayer as a way to control God. And you get so disappointed because you tried X number of times and it didn't work. Sometimes it's just being in the experience with God. Just like I mentioned, I got to know my dad better. 
I saw a different side of my dad. The intimacy, the closeness of my dad grew. And with my brother. These are memories that I treasure for the rest of my life. But I got to know my dad, what it's like, that he cooked a meal for us, that we got to spend cabin time, that we drove up together. Sometimes we brought our cousins there. And it was an experience of being closer and understanding my dad, that you know what? His threats weren't with uh, spanking us, wasn't who he really was all the time. There was another side to him. And if I had never done that, never took the time to go to Alpine to pray, to be there with him, I would have never known that about my dad. And when prayer works, there's a feast. Sharing with other people, sharing what you have, because the bobber goes down and you pull it in. And something that you gather there. And it's not just what you were praying for. Many times it's something more than you can ever imagine. But you have to be open to that. In the scriptures today, three things that we can learn. Luke, in this gospel, tells us to be persistent. Don't try prayer once. Don't treat it as superstition. Don't just say, I tried it and it doesn't work. God didn't answer. God did not do the things that I wanted to do. Luke tells us that God already knows what we need. And he says, if we who are in loving relationships with other people will do anything for anyone when we love them, how much more does God do that? Prayer helps us to know that we can start with the point that God will already take care of it rather than being desperate and saying, I'll make these promises, God. If if you promise to solve my problems, I'll be a priest. Now you know why I'm here, huh? But we make these bargainings with God. You know, if you do this, I'll do this, and I'll do more of that. That is not prayer. Again, that's superstition. And you know what? You're going to fail, and I hope you do. I hope you fall flat on your face because you are not understanding what prayer is because you're unwilling to look at the bobber and be patient. Quit making noise. Quit throwing rocks. Quit fighting. Be still. Luke tells us you will be granted whatever you need. Now, that doesn't mean that God's going to give you exactly what you need, but he will give you what you need to get through. So we can't see it as controlling God, but rather it's the assurance that you can start off in prayer knowing, God, whatever happens, you're there. You're with me. The second thing is notice the relationship between Abraham and God. Abraham already has an intimate relationship with God. That's why he can push God on mercy. God, I trust in you. God, I have a relationship with you. God, I know that even if there's only a few people left in that sinful city, you will do no harm. You will always be merciful. Abraham just didn't guess. He just wasn't desperate. He doesn't throw a Hail Mary pass. He knows because he's in relationship with God. And if we as Christian disciples in mission can understand that, then we're not starting way behind. We can start way in front and saying, God is already going to provide. I know of his mercy. I know of his love. I know that God will never allow me to fall into the depths of despair and just stay there forever. God will help me. We keep our eye on the bobber. Third, Jesus always prayed for spiritual strength and power. 
See, that's what we probably need the most rather than what you're praying for. Jesus constantly prayed. But that's where he gathered his power. And Christians, do you understand how more powerful you are than anyone else? But you never use your superpowers. You never do. Because you're just like other people. Fearful, worried, judgmental, thinking you're sinful, thinking God doesn't love you, he's abandoned you because he's causing all your suffering. You have the power because Jesus tells us that. That the power you receive from where? The Holy Spirit. And strength. Some of us are going to need strength because you know what? We will never recover fully from our health problems. But the strength and power you have to endure is there. Some of you will never recover from your financial worries because you're such a worry wart. But God will give you the strength and courage to help you so that fear doesn't overcome you. God may not solve every marital relationship or friendship that you have that's broken. Maybe there might be total healing. And maybe you're going to carry that hate or anger or woundedness for a long time. God can give you the courage to make it through the day. Make it through the week. Make it through the year. And so I ask you, where is your Alpine, Arizona? Do you watch the bobber? Or do you throw rocks? Do you fight? Do you get bored? Because if you're not still, the fish will never bite. You scare them away. And you need to be persistent and patient with prayer. That's what good fishermen and fisherwomen do. That's also what real disciples in mission do as well. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 